What's going on, guys? Welcome back to The Laughing Mind. Real quick, before we get into the episode, I thought it might be helpful to have a little bit of setup when I have guests on. So, this episode, I have stand-up comedian Tammy Pescatelli on. And holy shit, she came to play, and it was so much fun. Um, We got into both worlds, mental health and comedy, and a lot about her experiences and how they've affected each other. I'm just so grateful that she was able to, to come on and talk with me. Please check her out. She has the season premiere episode of Jay Leno's Garage coming out, where she's on. Her comedy specials are on Amazon Prime. The movie she starred in, That's Amore, that came out last year, is also on Amazon Prime. She has some tour dates in November. I've listed all this in the show notes, um, but please check her stuff out. She's so funny and just such a wonderful human being. Um, So, all that said, get into it and enjoy this episode with comedian Tammy Pescatelli. This is the Laughing Mind Podcast, with your host, Ethan Tuxel. Because people say to me, oh, are you on Snap? No, 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 I can't. I can't possibly function and be creative staying on all these sources. My biggest fan base is on Facebook for whatever that is. That's my demographic mm-hmm. and Twitter. And that's where they are. Now I'll post on IG because I don't want to let that just be nothing and right. let it sit onto Facebook. But right. you know, yeah, it's just, you just have to figure out where they sit. Yeah. And just like kind of be okay that other people are doing other shit. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I can't, why am I going to try to jump on the TikTok? It's not going to oh happen. God. I'll no. do TikTok with my kid if he wants me to do something. <laughs> to show a stupid mom. But other than that, like, it's <laughs> not for me, you know? Yeah. Plus, people are doing my jokes on TikTok and getting huge numbers that are as big or bigger than what the jokes themselves get. Are you serious? Because they have a different audience. Yeah, yeah. there's one TikToker that has like a couple million followers that loves to do my material, which I think is hysterical because I got in so much trouble when people were doing actually doing my material, um, but I get so many like likes and lo- it, it, it all trickles down. You know yeah. what I mean? So, the only thing TikTok doesn't do is it should credit the artist that you're doing. Like there should be a hashtag. A lot of people do yeah. your voice; they don't even know it's you. Right, 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 right. Yeah, things get like so derivative that that's like it's yeah. It's they're actually doing my my joke, but it's they're doing the third version of three separate TikTokers from before. That's right. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not on TikTok. My girlfriend is. I I felt like I'm 30 my entire life. I just can't. I can't keep up with how many things shift. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't care. Well, you have to just figure out, like, figure out where your demographic is going to be and and work with that. I think that's yeah, yeah. Your, and you just. And you let those people do what they have to do. And if it comes to you naturally, then it does. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I already started recording. I wanted to keep this, like, super, super natural. Um, But just, you know, 
real quick to like, I'm a therapist. I'm a practicing therapist. God bless. I also do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this day uh, yeah. COVID's been, I mean, just in general, but COVID has been a strange, a strange time. Um, but anyway, the reason I'm doing this is because I love comedy. It's been like a lifeline for me. Um, both as like someone who just enjoys it and doing it. And then, you know, obviously being a therapist, I was like, I think there's a lot of overlap here. Um, so I just wanted to talk to comedians. I wanted to talk to yeah. other people in the field. Um, and I don't know, like I saw you in 2019 when Colin Chamberlain, like you can't, Colin Chamberlain was middling. You were at the improv in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Um, and that was, a, you, I don't know. You just, you seem so comfortable. Like you just seem like yourself. I don't know if that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of years, number one. Yeah. Uh, number two, I specifically made a decision years ago uh, to write my act as if we were all friends and I just haven't seen you for a long time. And I felt like that's where I worked best. Um, and then I also, of course. Um, and then to be really honest, where you saw me is a different point. But early on in my career, and I touched on it a little bit in my in my special, the Finding the Funny special, mm -hmm. um, comedy really truly did save my life. Okay. Like I joke about that I'm the only one in my family that ever went to therapy without a court order, but um, I truly did, and I was able to figure out a lot about myself through that. Yeah. Um, but comedy and therapy was amazing, and I recommend it for everybody. Sure. But for me. Comedy saved my life in a different type of way. Like my family, I didn't have a, God bless me, but I didn't have a lot of the craziness of the childhood trauma, but I had a, a lot of the Italianness of, of childhood stuff where don't tell people this, keep this secret. Uh, or, yeah. or those kind of things. A lot of guilt, a lot of death, a lot of guilt, a lot of yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And we didn't laugh a lot. We picked a lot, but we didn't laugh a lot. So I yeah. think I probably got a microphone in the first place just so people could hear me. I wanted to be heard. No yeah. one heard me, right? And then as my career went on and my life went on, I'm 27, 28 years old. I'm living downtown Cleveland. I'm from, I'm from a suburb outside of Cleveland, but my parents aren't there anymore. They've moved. Sure. And I'm by myself dating a guy who was horrible. He was a real ogre, but he wasn't, Ogres don't present themselves. Charles Manson didn't just walk up and punch someone in the face. You know, no, it was like, slow. hey, come party with Charlie. I know the Beach Boys. And he was, <laughs> you know, like, an, it turns out he was like a alcoholic. He was a, a drug addict, which I wasn't familiar with, but now with the telltale signs. And he, he was a serial cheater, but I also didn't know this because... Mm. I was traveling with comedy so much. So as long as he could be nice to me for the two days that I was home, I, but eventually that all wears off and he was violent with me. Mm. But because I didn't come from that and I was young and I didn't talk to people about it, yeah, I internalized it and it went on for way longer than was necessary. Yeah. But comedy truly saved me only in the fact that because I was only an MC feature, but sure, I couldn't sure. call in sick. I couldn't call in sick to work. I had to get out of town and go travel to wherever it was. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I had to get up and get on stage that night. There's no, if I had had any other kind of job where I could have had someone cover my shift, mm -hmm. 
I would have died. I probably, he probably would have eventually killed me. But I had yeah. that clarity of thought sometimes in those four days away to go, I'm not putting up with this. And though, even though I would fall in that trap and it took a little bit longer. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, it really, truly saved my life. Did you ever, like, did you ever find yourself processing that stuff on stage you know what i mean like does that ever come out um yeah not you know i tell you the truth i was writing a one woman show at one point because okay. that's that's what i was going to do it there i haven't found anything funny in that yet and i trust yeah. me i find funny in everything i find a lot of gratitude in that yeah because it gave me the strength i think it made me it was coming his violence came at a time when I needed to take care of myself. I was traveling all over the road, all over the world, all by myself. Yeah. Like there was, it was, if you listen to any serial killer podcast, it was not a safe time yeah. to be yeah. a young woman traveling all by yourself. Like yeah. you know, pagers, bag, cell phones, getting to a town with a map. Um, and then trying to figure out how, you know what I mean? Like calling my mom collect going, uh, you know, the the call and I'm yelling back, I made it to Tulsa and then like just hang up and, you know, so there wasn't a lot of, and I always thought about that too. Like, God forbid you got kidnapped in those days after a comedy show, no one would have looked for you until the show was about to start the next day. Right. And then they wouldn't have looked for you. They'd just fire you. It would have probably right. taken five days, you know. Right. So his strength, his his ridiculousness and his violence helped me be strong. I think yeah. I, I would never recommend that to anybody, but I'm trying to for myself the way I processed it. The one thing that I always did find ironic, it's not necessarily funny, but it sure. goes to show a comic's mind. Yeah. Uh Wow, I never really talk about this. Um, boy, you really are a therapist and you haven't said anything but listen. Um, <laughs> so he, it was bad. The very last day was the mm. worst day. Thank God. Okay? Yeah. And yeah. Um, he was choking me. I was on the ground and he was banging my head on the floor and he was choking me. Over what? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe I, I found something from some other girl on the time that I was out of town, you know? And... Um, he had really big blue eyes and they were black. And I remember thinking, oh my God, OJ did kill Nicole. Because <laughs> that was my that was my cognizant thought. Because yeah. I had wasn't sure at that time. You know, the facts aren't as clear now. I mean, they are very clear now. At sure. the time, it was still a little sh shady, little hazy, what could have yeah. happened. And I was still believing in the goodness of the juice. And uh, I remember in the trial, they were talking about times when he was angry that his, mm. his like root beer colored eyes would turn black like coal. Yeah. Yeah. And so as he's I'm thinking, oh my God, OJ really did kill Nicole because his eyes were black. So there is some humor. It's a really dark yes. thing. Yeah. But so my average audience wouldn't get that. 
So yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah, yeah, been yeah. able to work that in. Like you can't really go, hey, when we were kids, we used to hit each other, play slug bug pedido, and I once got beaten by a boyfriend, and I realized O.J. Simpson actually did kill Nicole. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. That's a leap. Uh, yeah, but I know what you mean. Like, oh, I mean, that is just funny that that's where your mind went. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it was like a sort of like underneath it was like, and also I'm realizing something about him. It was the moment. So, so it's very funny because what they try to tell you, and you probably maybe even studied this, is that the brain can't hold two cognizant thoughts at the mm -hmm. same time. Right. Sure. That's right. So that's why when you are sad, you're supposed to get busy doing something else for somebody else. It's really good to volunteer when you're upset and you're heartbroken because then you help someone else with their heartbreak and it can right. cover yours. Comedians have this weird thing where they can separate two thoughts, or at least I can. And I know several who can. Yeah. You get to a point where I can literally be telling jokes and thinking about what I'm going to do. Oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of my act. And then I'm like going, um, Oh wow. In an hour, I'm going to be home and wash my face. I'm going to lay down. I should be home in time to watch law and order. That way, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Definitely. it lets you know that you can, it's without, you know, and by the way, that was the last moment. I mean, that's when I had my Tina Turner moment where I just got up and I was like, I'm done. This is the last day. And I yeah. moved apartments within the building, got restraining orders you know, changed. No, I did everything to get away. So yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, I appreciate you saying that because that's personal stuff. But uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, maybe I do need to go back to therapy. I don't. This new therapy is different because you have you used to have to make a really, really, you know, a tough commitment to therapy. An effort. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. being on the road. Like when I first, that's the first thing I did when I got. Um, health insurance nbc provided oh, therapy for me. yeah <laughs> like health like prior to that i didn't have health insurance and i really right. wanted to work through all of that stuff that yeah. you know why would you stick that stuff with that and it was great i had an amazing therapist but i'm a comic on the road so i can't always make it home right for those sessions so i used to every once in a while I had an amazing therapist, but she would allow me to have a phone session. But she was like, if you can't make time for me, I can't make time to help. Like, it has to yeah. be your your journey. So now it's great. You can just pick up your phone and you're like, hey, I'm here. Well, it's great. But let me tell you, Tammy, sometimes I've been people have taken me on Zoom into like grocery stores uh, on the bus. Uh, the, the most ridiculous one for me was I was uh, like had a session with this woman. And she was like, I'm going to pop into Walmart. I'm getting my fishing license. So I'm just going to like kind of throw you in my pocket and do that. And then afterwards we'll keep going. And so there's this like total shift in like, like you said, like main commitment. Cause people like not everyone's doing that, but it's an interesting shift of like, oh, it's, you know, it's so much more accessible. So it's, you don't have to kind of throw your backpack over the wall and be like, I'm here for an hour. I'm, I drove here. I'm committed. It's just, I don't know. Like it's, it's, I guess what, it depends on what their goals are. I mean, oh, yeah. I can see in crisis being on a bus with somebody if there's, Oh a yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, like I wouldn't, I hate to do my jokes when people are eating their dessert. Like right. just focus on me. Just give right. me an hour. I'm only up here for 45 minutes. You oh, could have everybody else. Like literally just give me the respect to focus on me. You came here just like they called you like, yeah. you know, yeah. Like, oh, hell yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm, I feel that way. Uh, 
but I feel guilty sometimes, but it's just, it's true. It's like, if you're not being present, if you're not, it, the reason you're here is to see comedy. The reason you're here is to do therapy. You can't feel guilty then. I'm going to, I'm not, I can't tell you anything about, you tell me. Uh, about mental health, but what do I it. will tell you is about, I watch people. I'm like a, I'm literally like, like I always say, I, I, I observe people. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm an observational scientist mm-hmm. and, some people have never been told that they need to stop and respect the person in front of them. So you can't carry that yeah. guilt because those, you, you, that may be, you may never uh, talk to those people again, or that may be the line of demarcation that helps them be more present in their own yeah. life. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And oh man, you were talking about something. I was listening to your most recent special before we were talking toughness i'm on the cusp of the millennial generation and just like how we're just not tough and like kind of that um and so like confrontation like physical in-person confrontation with each other i feel like my generation below are way less like apt to do that to just say it but very passive aggressive though. Oh, hell yeah. Much longer. And it's unfortunate because you, you dwell on it much longer and you internalize it so much more. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't really, you know, with every yang, there's a yang. I can't really tell, you know, I joke about the different generations. I really can't talk about, oh my gosh, you guys, I feel so bad because they really, there's so many more drugs because you're trying to cope with the internalization of all of that. Yeah. That anxiety. Um, so there's something about physically getting things out. That's why there are rage rooms right now. I went to a rage room with my son. He's 13. He loved it. He smashed everything. I smashed one thing. I was like, okay, this is what yeah. now? Like, I don't have any rage to get out because I yeah. present right. daily what I feel. I, I have to because I am a person who will internalize it to the point of obsession. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I try when I do my act, there's a lot that happened over the years that I'll hear these stories of last time I saw you, I was here with so-and-so and they passed away shortly thereafter. And my heart is broken because I'm like, oh my gosh, in their last hours, they came to see me. I have to give them a good show. Mm-hmm. It's like, Can I just lighten your load for 45 minutes? Can you just lift up and laugh and leave feeling loose and then go back to your problems? But there is something when you are together and you know what you're doing, no matter what job you do, Mm -hmm. but especially with comedy, because it's, I have become like a lightning rod for lunacy. There are people who can't sit for 45 minutes and pay attention to someone else. They need that attention so badly. And people will tell you, Colin, you, Colin's your pal. He'll tell you, like, they literally, it's like whack-a-mole. They just pop up. I, you'll think everything's fine. And then this person will just pop up and yeah. needs all this chaos and surround the chaos and talk to me. And, oh, my gosh. And it, it's this, and I, I always joke, I go, I you don't need a comedian. You need therapy or sorcery. Like what I <laughs> yeah. is not enough in 45 minutes. Like you need yeah. long term, maybe in-house care. Right. Right. You need a team. <laughs> you take care yeah. of you. Yeah. No. Um, that is like, that is such a strange, like, why would you go to not listen? Because you're like, you're right. People like pop up in their, 
I don't know. They just can't stand someone else getting 45 minutes of straight attention. It's like, all right, let's, let's change it up. Let's make it chaotic. And uh, I think there's a lot to be said. Well, and it took me a long time to get here. So it's not like I'm, you know, bragging or, but you're solid in who you are. Like I step with authority. Like it's like, yeah, I make mistakes. Holy crap. Every day I'm making some kind of who does, you know, who knows what I'm doing to my poor kid. You know what I mean? Like you, you wonder if you're saving for therapy or if you're saving for college, but (laughs) like you, when you're solid in your point of view, it is very upsetting to people who may not be there. You know yes. what I mean? Oh yeah. This threatening, like, right? It's like you're representing this thing that they know or they maybe they, maybe they don't even know, but they're like, I feel threatened right now. And so I have to I have to get big. And they don't even they're not even processing in those words. They're like, I just don't like her. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You shouldn't like me because it would be ludicrous if I thought out of 325 people, every single person leaves there thinking I'm the greatest thing. Yeah. That would be ridiculous. I terrifying. Would be ridiculous. Yeah. Right? Because where do you go from there, by the way? Where yeah. You, you start a cult. That's what you do. You get 325 yeah. people. <laughs> right. Then you're trying Right. <laughs> That's the funny part of it, though. That's where I started the difference in the generations was really a, a cognizant thought, too, because one day it occurred to me. You know, I was talking to some, you know, couple in the front there. There's there's an older couple. Then there's a parents and their 20-some daughter there. And I'm like, I'm entertaining generational comedy. Like, yeah. I don't just have, you know, 19 to 34. I got, you know, I have like 21 to 72 come out to see me. Yeah. How do you entertain all those people? So then I decided to start speaking to them. Yeah. In their like, like each generation, if you look at that special, I try to, I I give and I take from each of them, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 No, you, yeah. I, I, there were several times when you made a joke and they said Google and I was like, fuck, like I have to, cause I don't know who, I don't know who this person is. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> but that, and that's all part of growth to know who we come yeah. from. You can't say like, that that's right now I'm working on this whole thing where people say that's not funny. Okay. It is not funny to you. You can't take that joy from somebody else. You don't get to say that's not funny. You have to say that's not funny to me. Right. right? Cause you don't get to steal someone else's joy. They might find it funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about with generations, if you've like kind of had that lens through comedy is like, how have you seen, how have you seen the way like we all view mental health change like through the years? Oh, what do you think wow. about that shift? I think that's pretty amazing because I remember shortly after that incident that I told you about that I went on. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was the precursor to Lexapro. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it made me chubby for a little bit. Um, but, <laughs> like you weren't supposed to tell anybody. Right. Oh, it's you know what I mean? Don't tell anybody that you're on. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's just, you don't certainly don't want to do that. And even when the doctor prescribed that for me, he didn't say, you should go to a therapist and talk through this. You know what I mean? Like, that was just my uh, GP that prescribed it. So I definitely think that that's so amazing that the first thing that happens with something, people can't, I talk about that though, like, 
no one cared about what my generation thought. We were told some horrific things and then said, don't talk, let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah. You know, they were told how to feel. Let's not talk about that. We don't need to, oh, are you talking about that again? Come on. You know what I mean? And I'll still deal that with that with my my mother, my father, God bless him, soul just passed away. But my mother will still, I'll be like, remember when this, oh God, did it break you? I don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, no, it didn't break me. But, you know, I think I would have been better had we been able to talk about things. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That whole attitude of like, get over it. Like, just push it down. Yeah. Under the rug. Anything. Suck it up. Suck it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which there's also a lot to be said for that. Like either way works. Like I, I think we stop shaming to whatever degree. Fat yeah. shaming, slut shaming, dumb shaming. Yep. There's a lot to be said for shame. Yeah. Shame keeps you, you know, up with things. Shame, maybe I, I joke about it in my act right now. I go, shame kept your mother from banging the Lakers. Like the whole thing, like you know what I mean? Like that's, right. She stopped at Kareem. Yeah, there's something <laughs> shame. A little bit of shame is good. You should shower, yeah, yeah. Right? right? It's not okay to stink. Like, I'm, well, you can't smell shame. Yeah, okay. You better, you know. So there's certain. It's a joke, but some of that is good. And but yet, there's a lot to be said for accepting people as who they are. That right. was something, especially in the Italian culture. That they never accept. I mean, to to this day, I'll still get ridiculous comments from relatives. Oh, you're still a comedian? What else would you like me to do after seven shows? Should I stop now? Is that like? Is that I have no other marketable skills? What is that okay? Like what? But it's like like you're not fitting into what they think like you should be. So it's like you know, just, you're, it's like a failure or something like, yeah, you know, even, you know, my kid is about to do in his school. He was, uh, well, well, let's, let's back up a little bit. He went to a Catholic school up until last year. Okay. And then he went to the public school last year when they all merged and it went really well because he plays sports and he, he met, everybody was merging in at the same time. So they didn't know who came from what school. So it wasn't like he was a new kid. Um, and he's really enjoying it. This year, he was asked to be part of their um, online newscast that they do, the broadcast. Oh, okay. And like he's gonna be. He's kidding. He's got a great sense of humor. He's like he's gonna be the Ron Burgundy of <laughs> okay. of of the school. It sure. is gonna be cool. However, I've been having so much anxiety since mm-hmm. I said that he could do it because I know that the more you put yourself out there the more hate comes towards you in this society. And especially when you put a 13-year-old kid in front of other 13-year-old kids, what is going to come back? I don't know. I need to know that he's ready for. And he's like, Mom, last night he was like, you have to stop because the first broadcast is next week. No, I'm sorry, next month. And he's like, you're scaring me. Do you not want me to do this? I said, I want you to do this. Your creativity shouldn't stop because Mm -hmm. other people are small-minded but i'm telling you that with this comes this yeah it's all the balance so you have to learn to do the creative stuff and push aside the negative stuff you can't let it get to you one time or it will get to you every single time yeah yeah oh my god well 
I would rather go to North Korea than be in front of 13 year olds. Like, I don't know if there's anyone more vicious than like middle school hormonal. People. Thank you, Ethan, for taking my anxiety to the whole next level. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if I see a pack of, you know, like they travel in packs, and if I see one, I get nervous. And I think it's like a flashback to when I was younger because I wasn't very cool in middle school. And not that I am now, but like, so just that anxiety, I feel like kids are so insecure. They're so much more. Yeah. To, to and, they're, and listen, we're training them to be negative. Social media right. is negative. Right. I see adults that like, so I have a fan page and I have a personal page. My personal page is my personal life. It's the, right. kid, you know, it's my son. It's my father. It's what I, and I put something up the other day. Just, I said, Hey parents get ready. Cause Pennsylvania passed the mask law. Okay. for kids to go into school. Now, right. we started school without masks, Right. but now it's mandatory masks. That's why I said, right. I said hey, parents, uh, mask up. Or I, I think I just said, hey, parents, and posted the article. Right. Well, I had two friends, like a friend of mine who's from the comedy store in Los Angeles, arguing with one of my father's coaching buddies. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys understand that you're on my page. Like... I clearly, if it's my personal page, care personally right. about you guys. So right. why would you fight? Like, it's so disrespectful to me. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah, I may call you to have you talk to him because oh, sure. yeah, yeah. he just needs to, I'm scared. He's also, you know, at the little Catholic school, they were all nice and kind. And last year he didn't get to see a lot of that. Don't forget it was hybrid and it was yeah. at home. So I'm just scared. But, you know, hopefully it goes, well, you can't not do something because you're afraid no. other people are going to say mean things to you. Because you'll never do anything. That, that one thing I wanted to ask you about was about bombing. Because I feel like one of, at least to me, one of the biggest deterrents for anyone trying stand up is bombing. Like this mm -hmm. public disapproval and like you said, even more like hatred coming at you. Like, fuck you, get out of there. Or even just heckling. Um, how did you not let that, how did you get through that to a point? I'm not saying it feels good now, but how did you like on your own get through that? So it didn't tear you down. Well, okay. This sounds, I didn't have a lot of instances of pure bombing right? because I was very lucky when I started, okay. there was a real, the, the woman who was in charge of the open mics at the funny bone where I started didn't give you a lot of time. She grew your time. She didn't just go, here's five to seven minutes. Uh, yes. She said, you have two minutes, you have three minutes. And so those, and a lot of the things that I started with were very personal things that I had been saying for a long time. I, you know, I came up in a time where a lot of women didn't have fake breasts. I happened to have large breasts. So when people would come up to me at a nightclub and go, are those real and point to my boobs? I'd be like, if I'd had that money, don't you think I'd have had my nose fixed first? You know, right now. And then even tagging it years later, going, I got the money now. I just don't want to lose the joke. But the idea was, is right. that I didn't know that I was telling jokes. I just was trying to deflect. Right. Yeah. Cause I, didn't have, I have a bad nose. I, I, and I don't know what's wrong with me too, that I never got a fix because I guess I just accepted myself. Yeah. And so, I didn't have a lot of those big bombing moments. Yeah. But what happens to me, even still, I won't have huge bumps, but I just don't get the reaction that I want. And I'm sure. like, 
what's going on? I know this works. This, right. you know, and a lot of comics blame the audience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is their fault. Yeah. And then sometimes it's the comic because you're not delivering it correctly. Perhaps you forgot a couple words or whatever. Sometimes I snap at an audience because if someone pops out of pocket early on and I jump at them and jump right down their throat, then I scare the rest of the audience. Right. Because they're like, and you know, I learned that was the best note I have ever received in show business. I was doing those shows with Jenny McCarthy and I would go on and people would pop off and I would dive right down their throat. And she said, when you do that, you scare me because I come from a family that when someone yelled, I shut down. So maybe they're shut. Sometimes they're shutting down. Yeah. And it was the best. So I try to now, and I don't immediately, I call it the, the, um, the roadhouse. If you ever saw the Patrick Swayze, early cheesy eighties, yeah. you got to watch it because they're nice and they're polite until it's time to stop being polite. I try right. never to bring them in with me, but bombing is just, you know, you, the key with bombing is to just get on stage the next day, like, right. or whenever that you just can't let it sit because conversely, you're only as good or as bad as your last year. You could have the best show in the world. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it's going to click every time. I saw Chris Rock work out material and he had an average set. But you know that Chris is one of the greatest comedians of all time. Right. He's working out the material. Right. Yeah. The point, yeah, the point of that wasn't to like kill it. The point was to like actually sift through it, figure it out. Hey, can I uh, pause oh, for a second? Yeah, my, go for it. I taught my dog to ring a bell. To yeah. go I don't know if I, uh, I taught her, trained her, or she trained me. With the bell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, because when she wants something, she rings a bell now. I, I need to get a bell because our dog will just stare at me. And it's like, I think I know what he wants, but it just, oh, it's you know. great. It's the best thing I've ever done because, you know, it. and when she wants something, she rings the bell. Like, right. you know, she doesn't want to go out there. I'm like, I go over and I look, oh, she's out of water. Right, right, right. She what kind of dog do you have? Do you have a golden? I do. Oh, I, do. I grew up with a golden. Can kind of see her? I can kind of see, yeah, I can see uh I can see like her ear. I hope she'll jump up here. She's a sweetheart. Oh, there she is. Yeah. A lot of work. She's got a lot of babies. Uh, I have toys all over my house. <laughs> too. Does Does she like take the toys out of the bin and strew like all over around? Yeah. Oh yeah. Over. I trained my uh, son to. At the end of the day, we had that song. Clean up. Clean, clean up. Everything. But yeah, uh, the dog, no, everywhere, (laughs) everywhere, everywhere, she gets away with it. Yeah. Well, if you, if they're really cute, it's hard not to let them because what are you going to do? do? Yeah. They have nobody but you. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, listen, you're in for a ride because I think, uh, if you can figure out how to blend it, I mean, sometimes I'm basically doing Ted talks to people, you know, talks. Um, I think, I think it connects a lot. I think it's one of the reasons people go, why do so many comedians have drug issues, right? Let's just talk about like what happened over the weekend with, you know, the, the horrible deaths of, you know, two comedians and one overdose and Mm -hmm. because that high is so high. I remember shooting my first tonight show 
And it was the best that I could ever have dreamt, better than I dreamt. I did more time sitting on the couch talking to Jay in between Tobey Maguire than I did on the set that I had worked on for 10 years to get there. That had been my only goal. I went home. I was all by myself. Yeah. I sat there for like, it was at five o'clock. I got home. It doesn't air till 1130. My family was in Ohio. I'm like sitting there. I don't want to have like a big, oh, tonight, like you feel. So then I kind of, I just went up to uh, the, I went up to the Hollywood Improv and just watched it with some friends, but you couldn't really even hear it, but it was good. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I woke up and I guess I, I've never seen the show on Showtime and not to be an idiot, but I try, I live so much of my life with comedy yeah. that I try not to watch a lot of comedy things. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there's a there was a show comedians or dying laughing or something on Showtime. Okay. Sure. And I guess the comic killed himself after the Tonight Show, and I so related. Not that I wanted to kill myself, but I had the biggest depression mm. the day after the Tonight Show because I hadn't thought past it. I thought the moment I did that, my world was changing. Like yeah. I don't know if I thought I'd wake up in a Hollywood mansion with you know with movie scripts in piles and cash around me i don't know what i thought but it was was just cool boys just yeah grapes it was just saturday (laughs) yeah yeah oh my god just saturday it wasn't some big deal so it was yeah yeah. I, i i've thought about like the way i think about that is like there've been a lot of times in my life where I felt like if I can just do this one thing, it'll be like crossing over the bridge and everything will be okay. Like every, like once I do this night show, then that's it. And mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I'm a comic or if I can just get married or whatever the fuck. Um, but it's never like that. It's never, you're never not with yourself. You're like, you're still there the next day. Once that high has come down, it's like, well, fuck yeah. now what, now what, yeah. now what do I do? That's well, the song no yeah, there's no, no and that's the thing. I had to learn, and I hope that I teach my son that small series of yeses, small series of goals. You know, and I, I mean, mine are as silly as you know. I break everything down throughout the day. Like if I'm, you know, I'm driving to the airport, I gotta mm-hmm. park my car. Okay, I gotta, I gotta do take get inside, get through security. I gotta get on the plane. I gotta get up. You know what I mean? I like. I just break it down to just check, 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 because if it's those things that make me feel that I had a successful day because I've accomplished those things within the day, those small little things. But I also do bigger things. I do three months, six months, year goals. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes you can't get them all. Some things are out of your control. Last year, 2020, before March, literally between March 18th and January 1st and March 18th, I had, I hosted a new show on Circle TV, like three episodes of a comedy show. Nice. Uh, I had a movie come out where I was the lead. My special came out. I was on the Today Show. It was scheduled for the Tonight Show. I was on a, a special in on Showtime, Women of a Certain Age, like all before March. Wow. I had, that was the year that was really going to, every couple of years in comedy, you have years that carry you for a couple of years. That was sure. supposed to be my carry year. Like, you know? Yeah. 287 gigs got canceled within a three-day span from March 18th to March 21st. Wow. Like, it was done. All that momentum 
was for not because yeah. it doesn't really I can't pick that up right now in 2021 all of that stuff was done right. but I guess what do you do you can't just get depressed you just got to keep creating you just yeah. keep creating yeah one of my favorite people his name's Rob Bell he was like a pastor and then he got kicked out of that because he was like maybe hell isn't real and everyone was like fuck you hell is real I, I grew up very Christian so yeah. he was a guy that I uh, so he, 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 anyway, he, he talks a lot about like, if you are not working for the love of the craft, but the results, you're going to burn out. Uh, yeah. if you're, if you're following the praise, if you're following the money, it's not going to carry you for a long time, or you're going to end up being really miserable, even if you do make it. Well, and you have to figure out what you want. Right. Um, do you want to be famous? Or do you want to make money? Or do you just want to be an entertainer? Mm -hmm. For me, I've wanted to be all three of those things at separate times and collectively. Yeah. Like, you know, originally, of course, I just wanted, I wanted to be famous. I was already broke, so money would have been helpful. Mm -hmm. Right now, uh, then I got a little bit of notoriety, but then maybe you wanted more money. You did a, now, I just want to work enough that I can make more money and continue to make money. Mm -hmm. And I want, if you say fame, within the comedy community enough to right. sell those tickets, right? right? Right. You have to have enough fame to sell out in, mm -hmm. in better venues. And then I want to be home. I want to do whatever it takes to keep me home more. So yeah. as weird as that is, it's just a different. I, but that's also coming from me who never thought ever that I'd be able to balance a family and a career. I mean, that was a huge, you think about now people have their specials where they're pregnant, these female comics, but yeah. when I was pregnant, there are 20, probably 20 higher level female comics. Not yeah. not Joan Rivers or Roseanne. Those are the ones people always point, oh, they had kids. Okay, but they were like huge. Right. I'm talking about me and, you know, uh, and I went to my agent and I said, I'm pregnant. And it was like, your career's over. And I joke about it, but mm. that's, you know, I made a conscious decision to put, to move to Pennsylvania to try to make sure that my son had whatever normalcy that I could provide Yeah. and, and put my career behind, but it actually got better because yeah. the pressure when I, it was always like comedy first and then when I put comedy like set like it's not even set it's like third yeah. even though I love it the most but it's right. you know like gun and family and then comedy then then it came it's I, I feel like it's the most balanced and best I ever did because I also take that pressure off of comedy right there's no desperation when I'm on stage like me like me because I have right. nothing else right yeah no that and I think that comes through at least when you know when I when when I saw you it you don't seem you just seem like i'm here and i'm here to have fun and if you're not here to have fun well then you guys can leave like there isn't this sense that that sense of like if you don't like me if you don't approve of me i don't know who i am like that's just yeah. something you can feel i don't know like you can feel from people when they're comfortable um, well i hope so i mean you know listen it would be it would i'd really be an idiot that's funny because i for some reason you won't believe this well you might believe it i mean i don't know i act like i cannot the, I started in Cleveland, in both the Cleveland Improv and Hilarities, right? The Cleveland Improv has went a different way, went with different demographic. 
Now I could probably play a small theater, but I really want to go back to hilarities. But they don't ever want to book me, which is, mm. I'm just going, and it's because the person who was booking was one of the bookers when I first started. And I said, I've been doing this for 26 years. Mm-hmm. Even if I wrote two good y- jokes a year, I would have enough material to let, you know, it's just so funny, but we're just going to do a theater in town. That's yeah. all. You mean like they're so stubborn because you, because you started there? I think they think that I'm not, yeah, it's like. They don't understand the power because I haven't played their club forever. You yeah. know what I mean? I literally haven't played the club since I was probably a feature or a split yeah. headliner. Like, and I'm talking 2000, 2001. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they just don't see it. So it's funny because it's like, I really want to play there. So we'll see. We'll either, I'm either going to play a theater or I'm going to play there and try to do a door deal and then that'll teach you. Oh, everything. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you coming back here anytime soon? In Pittsburgh, I'm playing the improv November, like the second week in November. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're at it like 50, 45, 50 minutes. I don't know if you have to run or anything. Yes, I actually do, but I'm just so grateful. This is so much fun. It's been really cool to talk to you. I hope. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Like, um, one of like, just to be transparent, one of my, in the first year of doing this, I was like, I can't have any ego if I can have some stand-ups on that I don't know personally and are a reach for me. Ugh, that would feel so good. And you are so funny, and you've been doing this for a long time, so I'm just blown away. Aw, thanks. I'm so glad. Well, look, listen, you surround yourself with good people. If you're friends with Damon, I mean, that's my friend. I'd do anything. But definitely come out um, that yeah. week. You can even jump on the stage. We can figure something out. I'd love to, I'd love okay. to see you work. Yeah. Anything else you want to plug before we finish? Um, uh, September 22nd is my episode of, uh, Jay Leno's garage and oh, I nice. premiering. I'm so lucky to be part of the premiere and, uh, I, they, you're kidding that I might be the only person you never know. I can't say I might be the only guest ever in the history of the show to crash a car. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people find that? Like, what's that going to be? Uh, I think that's on MSNBC, uh, Peacock. Right. Um, and then my specials, we moved my Netflix special over to Prime. So if you have Prime, oh, it's free. Both my specials are there. Um, Showtime, Women of a Certain Age. But more than that, um, yeah, that thing. Come see me in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know. I, I, we'll yeah. definitely come. Um, last question, then we'll get you out of here. Okay, well, and I, I may call you to talk to my son if things, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that'll, I'm sure he'll love he'll that. owe me. <laughs> What's one just distilled nugget of wisdom for just like, you know, whether it's comedy, mental health, just one thing that you're passionate about people knowing, like that you could give people who are listening. It's what I say over and over to a point, uh, uh, you know, ad nauseum is you have to know who you are. Yeah. Once you know who you are, it took me a while to figure out, you know, the trends of this. Was I, you know, the godfather's favorite daughter? Was I, who know? But once you know who you are. Mm-hmm. then all the adjectives that you place on yourself or other people do don't, don't matter. If you know who you are, you know your heart, you know your intent, then every day when you wake up, it's okay to get out of bed. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, you, that's it, you know. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you, Tammy, for being here. My pleasure. And I, I, yeah. hope, uh, I hope this goes well for you. You're good at it. 